Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. here on the church and taking advantage of low interest rates and so he's able to uh, lower our interest rate here at the church at just 3.25 percent and so we'll pay out the loan within six years this will all be paid for and done and said and so our goal would really be to get it done quicker than that uh, our our payment we got right around uh, where it presently is real close which is almost in the neck of the woods of $1,000 a month we pay for a mortgage here at the church. And so we would love to get that paid off even quicker. Amen. Because all that does in this free up other funds to be able to do things with. Amen. Here around the church. And so, again, uh, we're excited about that. Thankful uh, to the Lord for that. Uh, if you'll remember, whenever Bishop said he first looked at that in the newspaper, you know, it was right around. I don't remember what we actually got it for but it was right around in the newspaper around two hundred thousand dollars and so here we are from 2007 until now and uh we've thrown chunks of money at it when we could when we sold property down in kingsburg and so on and so forth and so uh you know let's let's just have a mortgage burning party in less than six years how about that sounds good sounds real good Amen. So just, just to let you know that. Also let you know other monies, of course, have been coming in for uh, the media fund. And so there's come enough money in now that uh, uh, first order of business. What you don't know is whenever well, the, the software that we use to run things on the screen and stuff, uh, that software came along with uh, the computer that we're presently using. And so we, our first thing that we bought with the media money was an updated computer that had a better processor and such. However, we've not yet been able to use that because, of course, the software didn't come with that. So happens the computer that we use is something that came from a relative of ours and that was given to us. And so I had the software on it. So with that being said, Brother Alex said it'd be great to be able to buy the software. And so with some of the money from media, we plan on buying the software that we use for up there, which is about $400 and from there on out, everything nowadays, uh, your Microsoft Word and things like that are all shifting to subscriptions and such. And so after $400, it'll be a subscription of $160 a year. And so uh, that's just give you idea uh, and such. So with that also, we plan on getting then the camera, the actual camera. We have enough money to go on and get the camera as well and a controller for it. And there's only one more thing on the list outside of Internet, of course, which will absolutely be needed, uh, better Internet. But just to let you know that uh, things are getting purchased. And so there will be a little delay between uh, ordering the camera and getting the camera because there's a few months delay always uh, with that and such but uh, we plan on getting these things going and such so money is going towards the media fund uh you know it i was thinking in my own little brain today i said you know it costs money to be be along with the cool kids don't it <laughs> when you start talking about 160 dollars you know subscription a year and such and so on and so forth but you're hoping you're increasing your reach by doing so you're increasing your reach by doing so. And so the other thing that goes along with this, again, this is something I've made mention of in back with leadership. But I want to make it out here because I know there's people that faithfully watch online and uh, sometimes they do not understand uh, sound integrity and things like that that's going on. Uh, 
Uh, I did some searching for the internet that we need. Brother Alex Mason told me what we needed for upload speed and such. So I did some checking. The company we are currently with uh, cannot meet that upload speed. And I was trying to figure out what our upload speed was right now. It's only like 5, 512, 514, whatever it is, kilobytes, all right, per second. And what we are needed, that's only like 160th of what we actually need for upload speed. So it's a miracle. Listen to me online, please. It is a miracle that you are even getting audio and that you ever got video. I had a conversation with Brother Mason as we was riding down the road to get mulch the other day. I said, can you believe How in the world did that even happen? I'm telling you the truth. It's 160th of what it really needs to be. And so with that comes a price tag. And let me explain very quickly. Um, whenever you talk about, well, I get such and such at my home for X amount of dollars. That's great for you being a resident, but you compare apples and oranges because you're a resident and this is considered a business. And whenever this is a business, everything goes up. And so in order to pay for the internet that we need in order to operate what we plan on operating, it will be around the tune of $316 a month in order to do that. $316 a month. Amen. And so, uh, again, you know, it costs to play with the cool kids. So I'm just saying that that's just something to take in consideration. So there's another reason why let's get that mortgage gone in less than six years. <laughs> you know, so on and so forth. I believe we can get there. I believe we can do it. I don't have no doubts of that in my mind. I have a big God. I've seen him do great things in my own personal life. And so I believe we can do it. But I just want to share with you uh, the reason why where we are, those out there in the listening audience, and if, if you miss sound every once in a while, man, it's a miracle that you're even getting something. It really is, in my estimation, to be at 160th of what we really, really need. And so uh, with all that said, I'm sorry for all these. Uh, is this, uh, I know, just informing right but there is uh, the youth fundraiser back there on the table as well with the envelopes with dollar amounts on them it's quite simple you grab an envelope that you believe you can put the money in the envelope that you have the money to put in the envelope or save up and then put it in but nonetheless put the money in the envelope if you're writing a check make it to first apostolic church and then just put the envelope in the offering it's as simple as that and that will help get them uh, going forward this year uh, with a good start because as NYC approaches in December, there's a clan. I mean, there is a clan of these of that age. And so it has always been our desire, or at least we've tried to attempt to do this. And I think we've never missed it in my estimation. And that is to be able to take care of the ways of those that go to NYC, their food, their accommodations, so on and so forth. And that then makes it available and capable for every uh, student. And so uh, with that being said, that will be a chunk of change come in November. And if they want to do other stuff beyond that, then, you know, being able to have some money to do it with is always helpful. And I, I hope you don't think that all he's up there about talking tonight is money because that's what it seems like. But I, I, I don't think I do this very often. And so I'm just sharing with you where we are and informing you where we are at. Amen. Everybody like free? <laughs> Boom. Well, there's still some ladies' purses that bro Sister Sheila brought that some ladies have not taken or picked up yet. And if, that is, if that's accepting to you, uh, there are still a few that are available. I appreciate the interaction, though. That lightened hearts all this money talk. You know, amen.
So there are still some verses left. <laughs> we do like to read. I'm telling you, that's just a society thing. Amen. Someone say amen. Hallelujah. And I think I'm, I'm hoping that I've crossed all the T's and I've dotted the I's here this evening. I'm hoping that I have. Um, amen. Uh, we are just a couple of weeks away. However, uh, we are just a couple of weeks away from in the month of June, starting our connect groups. Uh, Wednesday nights are going to look a little bit different on Wednesdays with connect groups, uh, be smaller individual groups four or five smaller individual groups of people that are basically going to be kind of Bible study oriented. And uh, basically it's going to be based upon whatever the Sunday uh, evening service previously was. And so we're going to take some of those truths and stuff and just tuck them further in the soil and uh, try to, you know, make things stick, you know, in our life and hope that we, you know, the concept that was conveyed on Sunday reiterated on Wednesday and if not, if you didn't catch it on Sunday, hopefully within that smaller group setting, uh, you'll be able to catch it from somebody uh, within the group and have the objective is really this is to have meaningful conversations about God's word and with each other. That's the twofold thing. And it kind of goes with our connect uh, thing last year, this year, again, having meaningful conversations about God's word and with each other. Uh, we want to be spiritual, but we also want to be uh, practical and just be able to learn from each other, learn about each other and share in each other's pains, hurts and also celebrations uh, as well. And it's very meaningful uh, to do so. And, uh, you know, uh, whenever we were in Michigan and, and preached, whatever it was, four or so times there, uh, I had on a couple different occasions people that came to me after church and uh, they shared with me, I think at least three different people at different times, shared with me uh, after the sermons that they heard me preach, they shared with me thoughts or passages that came to their mind whenever I was preaching or uh, additional thoughts about what I was talking about. And some of them were just tremendous, and I pinned them down on my notes or digitally. Uh, if I ever said, preach it again, that would be very good to include. And so that's a great opportunity then on Wednesdays whenever you get in small groups, some, something else that may have came to your mind while a uh, pastor was preaching on Sunday night. That's a great place to discuss that and converse about that. It hadn't been that many Wednesdays ago that Andrew McBroom came up to me after a Wednesday night and was sharing with me something that was going through his head as I was teaching. And that's what Wednesdays for Connect Groups will be so meaningful for. Uh, there's nothing wrong with learning from one another. I believe we can if we'll just make ourselves vulnerable uh, to do it. Make ourselves vulnerable to do it. Amen. And just real quickly, if you're wondering how you say, well, Brother McGee, I, I usually give Wednesday is the day that I usually give on. What are you doing about connect groups? Well, I'm going to have a lockbox that's going to be attached to the wall, to the studs of the wall, of course, next to the office of Sister Roberta's. And on Wednesdays, whether you come or go or whenever, you can just drop your offering, your tithing, whatever in there. And it's a lock. It's locked. And so she'll be able to unlock that at the end of Wednesday, whenever we're finished around here and take care of, of your giving. If by chance you won't be here on Wednesday, you know, you don't want to hold on to that tithes too long. You know, you want to give it to the Lord. And those first fruits <laughs> and such. So that will be available uh, whenever we get doing this in the month of June. Amen. Everybody doing all right? Now, I, I had online today on Facebook, don't know if anybody's seen it, that uh, bring your Bible. 
said, because you might wish you had. And the only reason why I say that is that these guys might not be able to keep up, you know, all of John 11 up there. And you might be able. So if you don't have your Bible, you probably have one of these. And if you have a Bible app on there, well, there's your Bible. It doesn't, listen, it does not offend me if you're looking at your phone, if you're looking at the Bible on your phone. All right. And so if you need to look at your Bible on your phone tonight, uh, please do so. Please do so and such. So um, I want to warm up a little bit because tonight, you know, last week I kind of interspersed maybe just a few questions. I got a lot of questions tonight. I got a lot of questions that need some answers. And uh, I, I, I really, I really do got a lot of questions and I, I expect, or let me put it this way. I hope I don't get through them all. And the reason why I say that is because, uh, if we're having meaningful conversation, then we probably won't get through them all and that's okay. Uh, but to kind of get us started here this evening, talk about something that isn't necessarily biblical based, uh, but something that people might have some strong opinions on. All right. And I do say opinions. All right. I have strong opinions on. I'm not trying to start a war. All right. This is not the Hatfield and McCoys, the North and the South. It's all right if someone has a different opinion on this particular matter. But this is just kind of get the lips loose and the mind engaged. All right. For a little while. So just kind of, you know, treading in the waters here to get us loosened up. Whenever a store has both types of checkout lanes. And again, online people, I'm just telling you, there's probably a lot tonight you probably ain't going to hear, okay? And, and this is prepping you because on Wednesdays there isn't going to be anything uh, for about 13 weeks over the summer that you're going to hear. And so I'm just prepping you here. But whenever a store has both types of checkout lanes available, which do you prefer to use? Self-checkout, oh, here we go, or a lane with a human cashier? And why? Say what? Human, why? They need a job. They need a job. Anybody else? They're taken away. Trevor. Human, because you can interact with them. Who else? Brother Malone. Self-checkout. Why? Faster. Faster. Does it depend, though, on whether you have a bunch of items or not too many items? So I don't know. Because I will tell you, I use both, right? I use both all according to the circumstance. Here's a, a, a dead ringer. If I got something that has to be weighed or I'm not sure how to do, I'm probably going to go to a human. You know why? Because I'm, you know, more of the introvert, shy person. Last thing I want to do is press a button, have someone run over to me and say, hey, what's your problem? <laughs> All right. So at those moments in time, humans are my friends. All right. Anybody else? Self or bishop? Don't get paid to do their work. All right. Who else? What about Jen? You have something on your mind? She's like, yeah. you. What you got? Yeah, no, you. That's true. There is. Self-checkout. No matter the size. Any particular reason? Mm -hmm. Right. I get it. No. Addison's listening very intently concerning that. <laughs> Anybody else? Aiden, who likes everything free, do you even go through the checkout? <laughs> Self, a lot easier in Aiden's opinion. Anybody else want to weigh in on that? What about you, Dakota? Uh, 
Right, I understand. Right, right, right. Sister Rhonda, did I see your... Yeah. Now, is there anybody that tries to go through one of those small self-checkouts with like two loads of carts now? I've seen some people really pulling it off, you know. <laughs> Andrew? Right. So the grocery pickup, so that's a third option even. So who does grocery pickup? Anybody? Oh, there's some people. You know right now they're not charging you for that. I'm just letting you know, in case you didn't. Yes. Here's probably the best question. How many people have ever ran into Andrew McBroom at Walmart? <laughs> there it is. There it is. Walt should have his face for like advertisement. It's just unbelievable. That is awesome. That's right. That's right. Has anybody shoplifted and not known it? Honest people. Yeah, we've done it. Have you ever left anything in your cart whenever you pushed it into the little thing and left and you left stuff in the cart? Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. This was good. Y'all participated great. Amen. Now somebody's thinking about going to Walmart tonight. <clears throat> okay. So let's, let's transition just a little bit. Does, anything, does anybody have anything... A positive that has happened to you this week so far? Anything that you say, you know, this happened this week, or maybe it, maybe it was something that turned out better than you thought. Maybe it was an undeniable God moment. Trevor, what is it? What was it? No homework. <laughs> something positive. Hey, you got to take it all. No homework. Aiden. Last week of school. That's a positive thing. Sure. Mike. Good. Arm and shoulders doing great with therapy. Landon. Ten questions, so not as bad as what you thought. Dakota. <laughs> and he resurrected on the third. Oh, you didn't say just completely three days, but who else? Something positive that has happened, something good. Who, 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 who? Fred? Parts. Parts to get the jobs done. Have them, Yes. You spilt Diet Coke. Let me get this right. You spilt. You stubbed your toe and you did not cry about it. Hey, that's a win. That's a win. I tell you what. Anybody else? Something positive or maybe a God moment that's happened in your life this week? Something turned out better? Zach McGee.
Right. That's positive. Yeah, that's positive. I'll get to you, Sister Grace. Look at that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's excellent. Andrew. Yeah. Right. Was your hand up up there? Positive. Amen. It was. Uh, <laughs> say what? Oh well, you had some help. Awesome. <laughs> Sean's here without any impairment. This week. That's right. This week. Well, that's good. Okay, and I purposely through service skipped over any prayer requests because is there anybody, though, that has any needs or any, any uh, name or something that needs to be mentioned tonight, circumstance, anything going on that needs to be made mention of? And I, I allow you to say whatever it is. Yeah. All right, let's remember that. Anybody else? Brother Fred. Okay, Terry McGuire, Sam, Barbara, Sister Jessup. So we need. So many remember Karen. And her name is Karen, correct? Okay, I just want to make sure I got the name right. Well, God knows. Someone else, I thought I'd seen anybody. So we'll remember Robbie. Sure. Sister Charlene. 
Okay. Let's remember that. Sister Brenda. Right, let's remember Sister Brenda. Anyone else? Any, 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 anybody? All right. Yes, Brother Terry. Absolutely. Let's remember their family. Amen. No one else? Amen. Can we take some time here and pray? Amen. Over these needs here tonight. Father, we come to you this evening. Praise you for it in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Hallelujah, 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 and amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. Can I have a couple of you guys to help me out here real quickly, please? Please. Yeah, just a couple of you, you know. Two. That's fine. We'll do it. You can pass these out. 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 Just leave me one. Oh, there's one on the floor. <clears throat> this is front and back questions. Now, the reason why I'm giving to the to you now because I understand we have different different people with different personalities. Uh, last week we experienced some don't like that. Ask the question and have an answer right away. Type that would be me. I like to mull things over in my mind. And I know there's other people like me that are like that. And so here's some questions where you kind of can look ahead and ponder and think and mull over, you know, as other things are being talked about and discussed uh, here this evening. Again, my hopes are not to make it through this, uh, but because uh, there's a lot of questions there, folks. But if we do, shoo, that would be another miracle that took place this week. Uh, but nonetheless, again, I hope that we have mean, meaningful conversation around uh, God's word and with each other. We've already had some meaningful conversation. Think about the things that you learned tonight, uh, just about each other's week. And, and, you know, you'll know why they're in the checkout lane now that they are whenever you're at Walmart. <laughs> and just, I mean, seriously, just some of the different things. And, uh, you know, Kennedy didn't cry over stubbing her toe. I mean, this is monumental stuff, you know. And so we just think about everything you learned. And so we're going to go to John chapter number 11. And this is where your Bible may be in handy. Uh, Brother Alex will have the scriptures up there as I read through them. Uh, but having all six verses up there at the same time is probably not what uh, he's going to do. So if you have a Bible or if you have a phone Bible or a tablet Bible or whatever, uh, you might want to have it open so you can keep your eyes uh, up on this. 
And so here's the real objective whenever we do even connect groups. And this uh, little bit of what I did to start with tonight before we got to here is a little bit of a feel of what will be happening uh, within your individual groups. But there will not be something like this front and back, a full page of paper, because usually I don't take a text. That's the whole chapter right on Sunday night services okay and so it's it's highly likely I just did this just to work kind of upstream uh, tonight uh, but the objective really is this not for me just to uh, as facilitate and forwarding questions and then you know Brother Malone raises his hand and me and him have conversation but that he has conversation with everybody and everybody has conversation back with him that there would be an ebb and flow uh, with people out and about uh, in the audience in the congregation beyond just whoever is facilitating so I'm going to begin reading. We read uh, verses 1 through 5 last week, but I'm going to stretch us and read to verse 6. Amen tonight. All right. And we're going to look this John 11. And uh, before I get totally in here, let me ask you this. In your own words, does anybody in your own words, what do you believe the overall story of Lazarus is about in John chapter number 11? What what I mean, what is the the big thing or what in your mind, what, what stands out to you is the, the big overall, you know, storyline, idea, concept of John 11. Anybody, you're, you're, putting, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're doing it real hard, Sister Sheila. You got, you know, do you have something for me or are you just intimidating me here up here? What's going on? Anybody? Go. I'm not, go on. I just said whatever you thought. All right. Mm-hmm. 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 So the way Jesus is showing us, you know, he's flexing his muscles, you know. He's flexing his miracle muscle, so to speak. Anybody else? Concept idea, Sister McGee. Anyone else? Sister Grace? Right, right. The dead being raised. Bishop. All right. All right. Anybody else? we read no okay let's read start with verse number one now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick and we'll read about that story that speaks of in verse 2 in chapter 12 uh, later on in our study. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he 
was. So we're going to start just getting our, our, our feet off the ground here a little bit. All right, go, go from maybe the, the easier to a little bit of the more complex and conversational type things. What were the names of Lazarus's sisters? Landon, Mary, and Martha. Bonus, can you tell me which one was typically the one that sat at Jesus' feet and which one it was that was usually always busy? I knew that. I knew that's what you meant. I knew that's what you meant. Good try, though. That is excellent. Amen. Because that isn't even mentioned in this part of Scripture. I'm just seeing if you remembered anything that we kind of struck on last week. Where did they live? Where did these three live? Come on. Mariah. Beth. Bethany. Very well. Very well. Bethany. So I am going back last week. So if you weren't here last week, this is a little disadvantage, and I apologize for this. But last week, what, what was Jesus getting at when he said Lazarus's sickness was for the glory of the Lord? How was Jesus glorified in the Gospel of John? So remember from last week, he said that this is for the glory of God. What, what was Jesus talking about based upon last week where he talked about this was for the glory of the Lord? Someone says, I slept a whole week since then. Dakota slept three days in a row. <laughs> Anybody? My whole lesson last week was for his glory. Yeah, Pat. The resurrection of Lazarus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? What is Jesus talking about? It's for his glory. Anybody else? No. No one? Hold on. Who's saying that? What'd you say? Shows who he is. Anybody else? Nobody else brought him back to life. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Terever. He's being a show. Show how powerful he is. Brother Malone. All that's good. All that could be. All that could be for the glory of the Lord. Yeah. Um, reading verses five and six, look at this. And does anybody, do I have anybody that would volunteer to read? Just, just, you would read verse five to six, back to back, just five to six. Just read that for me again. And let's then look at the next question. Does anybody, does anything strike anybody reading those two verses back to back that seems just almost a little peculiar? I mean, whenever you read them together, does anything, because Jesus loves them. It's like verse five, right? But when he hears about Lazarus' sickness, he stays in the same place. Bishop. I mean, I mean, how are we, how are we supposed to, you know, what are we supposed to observe or interpret from this? He loves them, but when you sick them, not coming. Bishop. Am I right? Am I right? It's good. Andrew. Yeah. 
Right. Brother Malone? All right. All right. Excellent. Trevor? Ooh. Right? Just, that's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah, there's sometimes God tests us. How many, how many's ever been tested with time when you thought something should have happened sooner than it did? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else? Sister Mariah? So he didn't have to, but he did. He showed his love by doing it. Anybody else? Anyone? Amen. I know whenever I was reading this today, I was just thinking about it myself a little bit. And I thought that maybe John included that Jesus loved them for the purpose that he was going to pin verse number six, that when Lazarus was sick, he didn't go. You know, just a reassuring that he loved them in spite of whatever his action was, you know, in the moment. So, you know, um, does anybody have an example, perhaps, that you know of or in your own life when your love may have been misunderstood? So Jesus's could have been in this, in this verse. He could have been greatly, maybe Mary and Martha did misunderstand it a little bit. I mean, they did say, had you not been here, right? And according to the Bible, he went to their house all the time. Does anybody have a moment in their life that they can think of whenever your love may have been misunderstood? You want to share it with us if you do? I know this is where you get a little more vulnerable. Sister McGee? Right, right. Anybody else? Okay. Verse number seven. Do you have something in mind, Sister Mariah? All right. Verse number seven. Then after saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. So, what is the concern? What is the worry of the disciples here in this section of Scripture? What is their worry? Aiden. Going to get harassed again. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward. What, and, and more specifically than just being harassed, what in particular might they going to be stoned? This ain't the first rodeo for Jesus, is it? And the possibility of being stoned. So, what... Let me state this question like this. I, I should have probably wrote it a little bit better. What will happen where Jesus is going? It's kind of the big concept here in John 11. It's not a trick question. What's going to happen where Jesus is going? 
because he's Sister Jessica. He's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Exactly. That's what's going to happen where Jesus is going. So the question that I follow up with that is this. Does anyone see the irony in what they are afraid of might happen in Judea and then what actually happened in Judea? Does anybody see any irony there? Because what are they thinking is going to happen? Jesus is going, they're going to stone him and he's going to die. But what really happened? Jesus went, he lives, and he brought somebody that was dead back to life, right? All right, so let's go a little bit further with cooperation. Whenever Jesus starts talking about this light, you know, walking while it's light and you won't stumble. If you walk in the night, uh, you will stumble. And all this terminology in verses 9 and 10, is Jesus talking about a literal day or is he being figurative or symbolic? Or is he being both? And if so, explain. Oh, yeah, see, that's where we kind of go from the surface just a little bit deeper. You can read them again. Look at them. Verses 9 and 6. Who would like to, who would read verse 9, and rather 9 and 10? Verse 9 and 10. Who would read 9 and 10 for me again? Sometimes it just does good. Aiden, you'd read 9 and 10 for me again. Sometimes it's good just to hear it from a different voice. You can read. Very good reading voice. Very good. Anybody have a conversation with us? Rhythm alone. All right. There you go. Right. And that's all right. It's all right if we don't know it at this point. All right. Anybody else got any? Say in that what you're thinking, what's on your head? Yeah, Aiden. Mm -hmm. All right. Excellent. Good thought process. Good thought process. Absolutely. Anybody else want to comment on that? Weigh in on that. All right, here we go. Next question. You've already read it. That might be, let me say, jumping ahead might be some of your hesitation because you're jumping ahead and saying, what's he leading me into? I'm not trying to trap anybody, okay? I'm not trapping anybody. You might be reading ahead saying, I don't want to answer that one because I see what the next question is. It's okay, folks. It's okay. When he mentions, and this is in verse uh, number nine, when he mentions the light of the world, how could or how might that relate to him being what we, he said himself to be at different times, the light of the world? And I think, I think Mr. Aiden has already hit on that a little bit from our last question, right? Um, symbolically, we'll see if this goes anywhere. What might Jesus be saying to them about walking during the day compared to night? Again, that basically is answered in, in Aiden's answer as well. There, but there's other possibilities. I'm willing to entertain other possibilities as well. Right? Anybody? I'll tell you a, a scripture that comes to my mind whenever I think about those two verses. And I, I think you have this one up there. John, uh, not John, uh, but uh, 
yeah, it's John. It's First John, though. First John, chapter 1, verse 5. There it is. Yeah. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him and declaring to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we, I'm with you, and if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another. Amen. But we then have the real literal aspect, right? And a little point of information that you probably wouldn't know unless you dug into this. Both the Jews and the Romans divide the daylight in 12 segments. They call them hours. 12 hours or 12 segments, regardless of what season it is, right? And so we understand there's certain times of year that we have more light than other times, but it doesn't matter. They divide that, that, that daylight into 12 segments or 12 hours. And so then the night they divide as well. So he's saying, you know, we got 12 hours in a day. Uh, well, they always are going to have 12 segments of daylight, no matter what, what time or what season it was. And that's just a little uh, information that you may not otherwise no. Amen. Everybody doing okay? I'm trying to keep track of time here. You know, we're almost done. <laughs> John 11 and verse 11. Look at it now. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he be sleep, if he sleep, not if he be sleep, boy, I'm from Southern Illinois. If he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Verse 16, we'll tap on there. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So what is the misunderstanding or what is the confusion in this particular section of the chapter, this particular section of Scripture? What is the confusion that's going on? Amen. Somebody that hasn't said anything, Sister Tiffany, what, I'm just drawing you in. If you would rather not, that's fine. What is the confusion that's going on in this section of Scripture? Okay, that's fine. Anybody else? I'm trying just to find someone else, Brother Malone. Sleep versus death. Right. Jesus is saying, he sleepeth, right? And uh, they're, they're, the disciples really not picking up what Jesus is throwing down. Okay, and so the Bible says he plainly tells them that Lazarus is dead. And, you know, we know in Scripture, it's not uncommon for this, this idea that someone sleepeth that they're dead. Even all the way back in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about how that person went to sleep with their fathers. It's not that they all went to bed at the same time. Okay, it's that someone is already dead and that they just went to be in the family grave. You know, they slept with their fathers. All right. So. What might, next question, what might Jesus' description of Lazarus being asleep tell us about our own deaths? When he's talking about what has happened to Lazarus as being as though he's asleep, what, that, what might that say about our own deaths? I know this is just causes us to think a little bit. Because Jesus is calling death sleep. So what, that might, what might that tell us about our own death? What is it, Sister Sheila? Come on now, don't be bashful. 
boom, that we're asleep just waiting for his coming. Anybody else got anything that they can weigh in on that? That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Write that down. We might need to preach it later. No, that's good stuff. What? Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Possibility. Possibility. Anybody else? So what's it telling about our own deaths? Okay, let's go on to there. Then is there life after death? Hmm? How might we even, you know, learn that or gather that just from what Jesus is saying right here? Say what? Go on, Sister Mariah. Anybody? Anybody, anybody? Right. There's a point that you wake up. Life after death. Is life after death for everyone? Will everyone have life after death? In, in uh, another scripture that comes into mind in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, where it talks about uh, God coming back and the change of our bodies from mortal to immortal, and the trump of God sounding, all that. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, it says we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And when it's speaking about sleep there, it's talking about death. We're not all going to be dead whenever Christ comes. Some of us will still be alive, but we're still going to be changed. We're still going to be changed. All right. So here's a question. Come on. Somebody help me out here. Talk to one another. How you see the question right before you. How was it beneficial that Jesus was not there when Lazarus died? How was that beneficial that Jesus was not there when Lazarus died? Hmm? How was it beneficial for Mary and Martha, for anybody that was there at the tomb, how, around Lazarus, how was it beneficial that Jesus wasn't there when Lazarus died? Aiden. All right. All right. Someone else? Brother Terry? All right. like nobody's going to die in Jesus's presence type of thing you know he interrupts the best of funerals right anybody else brother Malone sorry I'm not trying to overlook you so that they so that they to the intent you're using that phrase to the intent ye may believe yes Trevor to see if Mary and Martha, again, back to the testing thing, to see if Mary and Martha would actually reach out to him. Anybody else? Everybody's thinking, aren't you? You're thinking, thinking, thinking. <clears throat> now, the last question here in this section is from verse number 16. Oh, right. Who is the him Thomas is speaking about in verse 16. And just to set everybody at ease, most people are hung, even some of the greatest scholars, over the who the him is, okay? Just to set everybody, he's got, he's got one, he knows what it is, and he's probably thinking I'm an idiot. And all. No, that is not the case, folks. Who is the him Thomas is speaking about in verse 16? 
Is it Jesus or is it Lazarus? Because notice there in verse 16, he says, Thomas says, let us also go that we may die with him. Who is the him? Is it Jesus? Right. That's a good question. No, is he talking about dying with condolences? Is he talking about a literal death? What's he talking about? I'm just throwing that out there just for thinking. You just think a little bit. All right, so you're saying Jesus, the hymn is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Brother Malone. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So like the similar experience, similar experience, Sister Mariah. If you get a finger up, I'm calling on you. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Trevor, well, we got we got a good talkative group of young people. That's good. What you got? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Maybe maybe the sickness that Lazarus had was contagious, and if since he died of it, maybe they thought they would go there and get it and die too. Bouncing it. Huh? Yeah, we don't have inflection. It's just like a text message, right? We have no tone, no inflection, anything like that. Amen. Everybody doing okay? All right. All right, let's go on to verse 17. I'm keeping track of time. I won't let you go past the 830 hour. I know I've already been up here about 44 minutes, so I I won't do that to you. But let's just see if we can just do one little other section, okay, or or part of one at least. Verse number 17. Then when Jesus came, this is a little long section here, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh into Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. That's a good biblical measuring distance. Uh, you know, language it equates to about two miles, okay? And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, Whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. 
Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Amen. So, and this, what I, the first question here actually is not necessarily in this section, but we've covered it thus far. Was Jesus informed about Lazarus being sick or about Lazarus being dead? What do I hear? Sick. He was informed about Lazarus being sick. And yet we read in verse 14 that he told his disciples plainly that Lazarus is dead. Right? All right. Now we read in verse number 17 that he goes to Bethany where all of this has taken place. And the wording is this. He found out that he had lain in the grave four days already. The question I, second question I pose here is, does it seem odd that Jesus knew that Lazarus was dead without being towed and that he had to find out that Lazarus was already had lain in the grave four days. So he knows Lazarus, he knows Lazarus died, nobody told him. But when he shows up, it, he finds out as though he learns that he's been in the grave already four days. How can we, how can we bring any sense out of the fact that he would know something he wasn't told, but then has to learn something that he hasn't been told? Pat. Pat's preaching. Pat's preaching. Anybody else want to say something? Boom. Boom. And we see this over and over again in Scripture, don't we? This, this aspect of Jesus that on sometimes he operates in his divine nature, at other times he operates in his human nature. You know, the, he sleeps on the boat, but on the same boat, he gets up and he calms the storm. Right? We see these aspects about Jesus Christ, the two different natures that he operates in. And so as is his divine nature, Jesus knew Lazarus was dead, though no one told him. His human nature, he learns as it's almost, you know, in Scripture, he finds out that he's already been in the grave four days on his humanity side. And so we have this dual nature of Jesus Christ. Again, as Brother Pat said, God being manifested in the flesh. And there's times he flexes his God muscle. Uh, and there's other times then that he, he shows himself to be thirsty and hungry, just subjects himself to the things that a human would subject himself to. Brother Terry. He said the words. Yep. And came to life and he led his sheep out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, 
So we covered that. And there's a question then. How would you have felt if someone had the ability to heal a relative of yours, but they delayed coming until they were dead? There's really not a wrong or right answer with this, but this is just sharing your own personal feelings. How would you feel if you knew someone had the power to heal, stop, prevent a relative of yours from dying from a sickness, but they intentionally delayed? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I pose this question is because sometimes we paint the humanity, we try to, sometimes we paint the humanity in Scripture as though they're just so godly and high mighty that, you know what, they were humanity. The same fabric that you and I are made of. And so you can almost guarantee that some of the same thoughts and feelings that you're having in this moment as I pose the question are likely perhaps some of the same thoughts and feelings that they had in that moment when they were actually met with it. These two boys here are on the row. Come on, guys, what you got? All right, all right. So feelings of being very sad and perhaps being un- the other person being untrustworthy. Yes, Aiden. Right. Right. Just shocked, appalled. I mean, what in the world's going on here? We've had you in our house several times. Right? We fed you at our table and let you sleep in our quarters. I mean, think it'd be the right. Whatever happened to the I scratch your back, you scratch. Yeah. Did you have anything else, Bishop? Yeah. You love. Is this what love looks like? Right. Yes. Anybody else? Right. You had your hand, or you had this little thing going on. Sister Charlene back there.
I think I would, I think I'd definitely feel frustrated. I'd feel definitely frustrated and, I don't know, especially if, like, somebody I knew, he prevented them from even dying. Because this is real life, right? And yet, mine died. Because we have that happen right here in the church, right? One dies and one gets healed. One. So what we're talking, everything we've been discussing about tonight really is just real life stuff in many, in many modes. You know, Sister Rhonda. Four days. That's right. Yeah. They've had a few days to think about this, haven't they? <laughs> a few days to think, talk, get a general consensus. <laughs> Sister McGee, you're waving at babies. <laughs> I told you, if there's even a pinky, I'm going for it. Trevor, you the last one, then we'll move on. I'm sorry. Maybe there was a reason for the delay. Maybe a reason for the delay. <laughs> Waving at babies. <sighs> so here in this section of Scripture, and I think we've already touched on it, but I'll let someone vocalize it. In what way does then Martha seem to express her disappointment? In what way does Martha express her disappointment? And in the same token, though, how does she express, though, her belief and faith as well? It's kind of a two-edged sword that Martha has. She almost expresses disappointment, but she also expresses faith and belief. Where do we see that? What, what, what kind of tips us off a little bit toward these two items? Anybody? That's what she says. Mm-hmm. That day. Mm-hmm. Right. Anybody else? 
Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So see, it's it's kind of a two two edged sword there, Sister Grace. Right. Right. And I, I agree that, uh, you know, I don't believe Jesus is offended. I've told you, before, Jesus is not offended by us. Um, uh, our, our, you know, lack of understanding and for sure not by questions. Uh, Jesus being a Jew, and Brother Mason can attest to this, you know, disciples and rabbis, most of their discussions and teachings all just sent around mainly the forwarding and batting bat and back and forth questions. Uh, for 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 answering and discussion and a little bit of like what we've got going on here tonight and so brother alex i seen your hand out of the tip of my eyelid mm-hmm. even now mm-hmm. yeah Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that, th- those are some of the things that cause me to, you know, pose the question as well. All right. All right. Uh, is the resurrection portrayed as an event or a person in this section of Scripture? And I'm going to be closing. I'm, these are the last ones right here in this section. Is the resurrection portrayed as an event or as a person in this section of Scripture? Why do you say that? What? Person, why do you say that? All right. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. All right. Anybody else is an event or a person here in this section of Scripture? Both? Why? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Anybody else? We'll end with this. Stand with me so it'll make you comfortable that we're moving on. But let the conversation be, still continue here with this last question. And this, again, is kind of just a personal thing. But this is kind of, see, there's certain aspects along the way that ask you to take what we've been talking about here and apply it to your own life type of thing. And this is like one of those things. How does the idea of a resurrection, how does the idea of in that day, that last day resurrection, how does the idea of a resurrection affect how you presently live? Anybody? How does the concept that there is a resurrection, that it's, let me put it in terms like this. How does the idea that it's not a dead and done, but that there's a resurrection. How does that affect how you presently live your life? Trevor? Okay. Anybody? Aiden? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Anybody else? Is there any adults that would like to share with me how a resurrection, the idea of a resurrection affects how you presently live your life? How does that impact it? How does that, how does that affect your life? Brother, Brother Zach, sorry. Had a little blank there for a moment. Purpose. Let him alone. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Sister McGee. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Trevor, you're it. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what even the Bible says. If he didn't resurrect from the dead, then we're still in our sins. It bring, every, all of those things are meaningless. If he didn't get up, and because he got up, we'll be able to get up. Amen. I'm grateful. I did have a a uh, a point behind the his go their fear and the whole concept through there. You'll see the different times that Jesus talked about for their intent that, you know, I'm glad I wasn't there for their intent. Speaking of their belief, Martha, on more than one occasion, whenever he talks to her about the resurrection, he says that they might believe he's talking about belief. Um, and whenever he prays before he raises Lazarus from the day, he says, I'm saying this prayer so they might believe. And then you get in the latter sections of the scripture. We didn't get there tonight, but that's fine. Uh, the Bible begins to speak about how they, they, all these miracles that he did, they didn't know what they were going to do because they knew that people were going to believe on him. And so his very go all through John, even the middle verse of it all, which is the key verse, is that they might believe and have life through his name. Uh, his old go is that they would believe, and his go is their number one fear that they would that they would believe and there would be this alteration in their change. But nonetheless, I guarantee you, someone's going home tonight 
and going to remember more from John chapter 11 right now than what they probably may have than if I stood up here and just lectured for an hour. Guarantee you. Amen. Let's pray tonight that the Lord would still be, and you can take these papers home. You might look at the other questions and answer them to yourself in your own home or just entertain the thought of them for a time of devotion. Lord Jesus, we love you. We appreciate you tonight. God, we're thankful, Lord, for this group of people. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, for your word. Lord, we have had conversation tonight, God, around about your word, Lord Jesus, and with each other. God, there's been times we've been lighthearted, and there's other times, Lord, like ending here, God, as we've considered, Lord, the impact of, of the idea of a resurrection, how that has it, Lord God, some type of reference or some type of bearing upon our own lives. I pray, oh, Lord, let these things that we have studied. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.